I think a big part of it is like society trying to make you doubt that voice. So quiet that noise and just like really, really, really hone into what is right for you and your family. Because when you lean into that, that is where the magic is. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. Thank you so much for being here. For those of you who have not been in this space before, welcome. I am glad to be sharing this time with you. Today, I'm bringing forth a new interview, and this one is really special because it is with one of my soul sisters, one of my soul friends, and honestly, one of those people that just comes into your life and changes it, transforms it. And that person is Natalie Edgar. Natalie and I actually met back in 2019, I believe, in my apartment when I was hosting Goddess Council in its original form. She came into my space and we immediately connected. And we have been attached at the proverbial hip since then. And a lot of life has happened since Natalie and I met each other. We've moved to a lot of new places and she is now a mother. And we have had so many conversations about life and perspectives on how we want to exist on this planet and how we're learning and evolving. And there's just so much that Natalie has within her arsenal of life. And now being a new mom, it's transforming. And I just wanted to be able to give her a platform to share that because it's too special for it to just be with me. And so I'm really, really glad that she has chosen to come on to this show and talk about her experiences because she hasn't really talked about it publicly. And everything that she has to share is going to hit home for you, even if you are not a parent, even if you are not choosing to ever become a parent. Just knowing the fact that there's somebody out there who is going into this journey with so much intention is going to strike a chord with you and it's going to maybe even help nurture your inner child because you know that there is somebody out there who is raising a child with so much love and care. I also want to take a moment to read Natalie's official bio because although we are primarily talking about the intersections of motherhood and community, Nat also has a lot of interests and she is a multifaceted human being that deserves all of the parts of her to be acknowledged, so here is her official bio. Natalie Edgar began her career in production after graduating from the University of Miami. Her prime focus was on digital storytelling, which she pursued with vigor, culminating in her first documentary, Right to Winwood. The documentary, which received accolades such as Best Documentary at the Miami Short Film Festival, focused on the causes and effects of gentrification in Winwood, Miami. Natalie then joined Complex Networks as a producer and eventually took on the role of supervising producer where she oversaw the Complex News video team. Her latest documentary, A New Medellin, explores how the Colombian city has impacted the explosion of reggaeton over the past few years. In 2019, she started producing original video content at Apple Music. Natalie is currently freelancing in Los Angeles, California. Okay, <laughs> that's her official bio, which is so crazy to read because we almost never talk about work. <laughs> But yeah, she is a badass. She's a badass mother. She's a badass producer. She's a badass storyteller. 
and she's just a badass human and i am so grateful and lucky and honored to call her one of my best friends with all of that said we are going to dive into this interview with nat in just a few moments i want to preface all of this by saying i am in mexico city i recorded this remotely <laughs> and it was raining and i also tried to use this new noise canceling app that actually ended up backfiring so there might be moments where my audio is a little wonky but natalie's is crisp and honestly that's all that matters so <laughs> here is my chat with natalie edgar hello miss natalie thank you for being on the show today <laughs> i love you cat <laughs> i love you too much This is long overdue. It's been a journey. Like when we met to where we are now, so many lives have happened. It feels like for you and for me. And this season, the theme is around community. Community in the context, especially of people who take care of other people. How are you taking care of yourself? And we've on the show explore conversations with like people who lead communities and healers and all of that but we have not talked about motherhood and what it takes to be there for a literal fresh human being that you grew (laughs) and so I can't imagine a better person to explore this theme than with you because you have been so honest with me about what this journey has looked like for you and what I have learned through you is that mother's don't have community in the way they should in society. And it is a detriment to the mother, it is a detriment to society and as a whole, but you have really dove into that conversation with me. So that's a lot, but I just want to start off with exploring how you feel right now. Right now in this moment, um, it's hard. It's hard because I just got back from Miami a few weeks ago. Leaving Miami is always... As you already know, like it's heartbreaking. Like the the travel day is just me like crying at different occasions for different things that just like trigger me. And like whether it's, you know, watching my mom cook with Zaya in the kitchen and like playing the music and then just like them watching them laugh and then knowing I'm going to leave this and I'm going to go back to what is my sanctuary. And yeah, like this is my sanctuary, my home here in L.A., but I don't have that. I don't have my mom. I don't have my dad. I don't have Amaya's parents. I don't have my brother. I don't have, you know, there's so much that I don't have here. And and that hurts. That hurts because I know that it's important for me as a mother because that would give me more like breathing room. Um, it would allow me to like be able to do so many other things, you know, like, okay, I know my daughter's in good hands right now with X, Y, and Z. I can just go ahead and do my thing. And also like the fact that for any of those people that I just mentioned, taking care of Zaya would never be any type of bird. Like they want to be with her. They want to spend as much time with her. So it almost feels like it's a win-win on every, like for every single person for my situation, because I would, like I was saying, I would have more breathing room for my parents because they want to spend time with her. And then for Zaya, because Zaya shouldn't be mothered by just one person. The reality is that no one really should be mothered by one person. We should have multiple figures in our lives that are taking care of us, that are tending to us, that we're learning from. It shouldn't all be coming from one person. And it's a, it's a stark reality that I'm living that it's like, we're 
currently in that nuclear family. You know, we've all we've moved away from our closest family to pursue our dreams and to just be in other cities that feel more aligned with who we are as individuals. But in doing that, we're missing out on that that precious family time that is not just like, oh, it's so nice to have. No, it's actually like really on a soul level needed and crucial. So I've been exploring that a lot. And it's like I love where I live, but I just wish that everybody that I loved could just come over here. I don't want to live in Miami right now, you know, that because some people would be like, yeah. well, why don't you just move to Miami? Like be close to your family. And it's not that simple. It's not that simple because there's also people that I love here very, very, very much. So it's almost like if I had a magic wand, I would just whoop and have everyone come over here and we would all be doing this beautiful work together. But that's not the reality. And I've just been having to sit with that. Exactly. It is a lot to contend with at the same time. And as you were saying that, and you were talking about Z and how she shouldn't be mothered by just one person, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be a child-free person who wants to show up for the mothers themselves. Mm -hmm. Because I've come to realize that mothers don't ever stop needing to be mothered. I've really been sobered by how little mothers are cared for in mm -hmm. society. Society is like all mm -hmm. women should be moms, but the moment that you become a mom, like you're not as important anymore. It doesn't make sense. Like how is it that women are so pressured to become moms, but like are also not cared for. And I want to know what you feel about how do you think people can show up better in community for mothers? Oof. That's a really good question. There's so many things. I mean, primarily for me, and I know it sounds like such a mother thing to say, but like the best way to show up for me is to show up for my daughter. Like I absolutely love when my friends are flexible enough to, you know, like they don't care what we do. They don't care if it's like, oh, yeah, let's go to the park. Who cares? Like we're no longer going to do a three hour brunch where we can have chug mimosas and talk shit. Like we can't necessarily do that at this point in my life, not with Z at least, because um, it would just be a whole other hassle. You know, we're all going to be like, ah. And then she's going to try to touch this and then she's going to try to run over here. And it's just it's not the same, you know, <laughs> um, but I love when my friends show that flexibility and are like, I'll come to your crib, like I'll help you pack. I'll um, yeah, like do anything that just being mindful with the the switch and activities that, again, they no longer look the same. Like, I think how many times with you have we just like, oh, let's walk to a coffee shop and like chill at a coffee shop. And now that looks different. Now that looks very, very different. I try to do that sometimes with Z where I'm like, OK, let me go chill at a coffee shop. Let's see how she <laughs> handles it. And they don't have the attention span and she shouldn't have the attention span. She's a 17 month old. Like, what do I expect? You know, um, but everything like that changes. So it's almost the way that you and Deanna have been has just been actually like really beautiful because at no moment have you judged or, or shown at least any discomfort when with any of those changes. You've never made me feel like Z is a burden, which I think is a really, really, really big one. Um, you've never left me out of anything even if I've said no y'all still ask you're still like yo there's this there's this there's this can you how how do we find a way to work around it and I think those ways have just been like ah oh, I know I can count on you girls and that feels really 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 good um whereas there's the other side of it where you just like there's certain people that it just and it it's no one's fault because honestly you're not supposed to get it unless you're in it and I probably 
wouldn't have gotten it if I wasn't in it. And you don't really know the the complexities and every layer of detail that comes with having to take care of a baby and everything, you know, like even if your friend shows up to a date that you plan for that, you know, you plan childcare around and your friend ends up showing up an hour and a half late, which back in the day would have been fine because I would have wandered the streets. I would have done X, Y, Z. But no, now that means I only have 30 minutes left of childcare. So now guess what? We have to bring Z along. And now that changes the whole thing. So it's like you have to be so mindful. And that's really, really, really hard to do when you are child free. And I don't blame anyone because, again, I probably was like that, too. Who knows? But it's hard. It's like just being not just but the act of being mindful of not making you feel like you don't belong now that life has changed so drastically. I think that's what the root of it is, right? Yeah, because society is already going to do that to you. Like the patriarchy is already going to make you feel like that in so many ways. And you see it drastically. Like you don't have support in so many arenas. You don't have the village support. You don't have the um healthcare support you don't have the child care support where you start saying like wow child care is actually really expensive or there's limited um options there's so many things that you like you become a mom and it it's within seconds even in the hospital you might notice that in your hospital experience like wow they're not really supporting me here they're they're treating me like a like literally like just a patient that's like let's do this 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 like it almost feels like you don't have like that much of a say or I don't know hospitals could be also like that's a whole other conversation but that's a thing too so you could even feel it in that moment not really supported as like the mother and when you become a mom you feel that power within you there's something inside that kind of like wakes up and is unleashed and it is insane so for me in my experience it's been like I see the way that society is playing out and I'm like wow this is so messed up because I know how powerful mothers are and I wish that we were honored and valued the way that we deserve because the work of a mom is is very, very, very special. And we do so much. And the way that we care for our kids, like someone said it the other day, I'm the perfect mom for my daughter. I'm not the perfect mom, but I'm the perfect mom for my daughter. And I definitely agreed with that. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the perfect mom, but I know that Zaya chose me as her mother. And that's important. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think that it's always been this way? Or no, it couldn't have been. There has to have been a time where like mothers were honored in the way that it should have. Been. Like I refuse to believe that. No way. I mean, there were even matriarchs that like ruled before. It wasn't always a, the patriarchy. You know, there were matriarchs in the past. And that kind of makes sense to me. And even the other day we were watching Avatar and I was like, yeah, no one here is belittled. No one. They're all like respected and honored. And if they need to fight, they're still like, hey, I need you on my side. Come fight with me. Like no one's like, yeah. you can't fight or you're not smart enough or you're not this enough or you're not that enough. Like, no, they're respected and honored as they should be. Mm-hmm. Like society wouldn't exist without moms and without people who give birth and go through that journey. Right. And I just don't understand how we've gotten to a place that is so contradictory 
Like we literally will cease to exist without people choosing to become mothers. But also right now, I mean, in the context of society, like there are people who are not choosing to become mothers and are forced to become mothers due to these fucking laws that are passing. So it's like, now this is getting complicated. The context that we're talking about it, you chose to be a mom. You went into motherhood with somebody that you love deeply and that you felt safe going through that journey with. And so this case is like particularly special and also, you know, the ideal. And so we can't continue without people choosing to do this, but we are making it so fucking difficult to do it. I mean, going back to going back to work six weeks postpartum is fucking bizarre, is fucking bizarre. And that's a standard in this country, not in not in all the other countries. This is like it's so sad how bad it is in the United States. It's so messed up. But like six weeks. Are you kidding me? At six weeks. Oh, my God. First of all, baby doesn't even understand that they're separate individuals until like I think it's like the three or four month mark where they begin to kind of like oh mom baby or it might be even be later than that yeah there's this thing called the fourth trimester and the fourth trimester is basically what comes after the third trimester so after you give birth and that fourth trimester you're supposed to treat it first of all you're supposed to treat it with ultimate care for the mother the mother in those months should not be doing almost anything like cooking definitely no cleaning you're supposed to be resting you have a wound the size of a fucking dinner plate inside of you and just because you can't see it does not mean that it's not a wound so they should be bringing you the food you shouldn't be preparing things for anybody you shouldn't be laundry no no your body needs to rest So that way you can actually tend to your baby. So everyone around you should be taking care of you. And you should be the one that's necessarily like close to the baby, taking care of the baby, because that baby does not even understand where it is, all it needs in that moment. And that's why you see it like the babies don't want to be placed down on a cold surface. I remember in the beginning, I'd be like, oh, let me try to put her in the bassinet or in like the swing, expensive swing shit that we bought. Nah, girl. Zaya wanted to be carried all the time. She wanted to be wrapped in the wrap on top of us. And that's when she was chill. And that's when she didn't cry. Like all she needed was to be nursed and to be held. And in in a way that sounds so easy, right? Because it's like, that's all they need. Wow. Like that. And I remember when it clicked for me, I was like, this is great. But then what also clicked is no, people are going back to work way sooner so what do they even do or not even just that that you have to go back to work but also because we're doing it in like that nuclear sense without the village people got to eat and if the the other partner is working then the mom is forced to do all these other things there's no way in her world that she can just lay in bed snuggled up nurse all the time and cuddle this baby because she has to do so many other things And that's fucking hard. That is fucking hard. And it's not supposed to be that way. I think a big thing is like, we've made it seem like the babies are spoiled. You know what I mean? Like, oh, don't carry that baby too much. You're going to spoil that baby. And that's like a big concept, especially, I, I don't know if it's just like our culture, but we heard that so much. Like, oh, brazos, la vas a acostumbrar a los brazos. Like, that's not good. That's not good. But if you look at all the research, that's literally like the best thing. And not just 
because they need to feel warm and cuddly. No, like for their brain development, for them to feel safe, for them to start creating that secure attachment to you, which is crucial. That's crucial. So it's like, stop thinking that these babies require so much. And oh my God, she's so annoying. She's so needy or she's so this. No, that's she's a freaking baby, dude. Of course she's like that. This is what they're supposed to do. So I don't even know what the fuck your question was, Kat, but <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> well, this leads me to think, let's just think like in an ideal sense. What would society look like in an ideal world that supported moms? Like blue sky. I think we would at, at the very minimum have 15 months paid. I think we would be surrounded by family and friends that feel like family and we would all I think that that would just like be better for our community in general if we live like that not just for moms but we would all be able to hey do you have sugar run over here you know that type and just hang out like we listened to on that podcast that we both loved like that act of just like just hanging out without having to plan this whole big okay let's do this um dinner date and then you plan it out for three weeks in advance and you pencil and even just to get to that point you took months because this person canceled then you had to cancel and then you know it's like we're living so disconnected right now and that scares me a lot um so I think more of that like foundational village type feel I think our food would be a lot better I think we would we wouldn't have to be so worried about going grocery shopping because there's red dye that we know leads to all these different things I think our food would just be freaking good for us and we wouldn't have to worry about that instead of literally like having to like fight against what we're given you know it's like it's horrible I think mothers would be honored like we were talking about, I think for me, the biggest thing too is, and I see this so much in other cultures, especially when we travel, you don't see this huge separation with kids and adults. You see everyone is kind of like in the mix and people help you with the kids. Even like when we went to a restaurant, I think it was in Italy that they were like playing with Zaya, literally like entertaining her while I ate my meal and like talked with all my friends and Amai and we were just like hanging out and obviously I was watching the whole time like making sure that she was good but literally like playing with her was insane because that would not happen here that would not happen here and there's certain places where you feel like oh this is more child friendly but you see you even have to like think about that here and there's just like so much of this this separation between okay like you do your own life how it was before having kids and then you come home and then that's when like you connect with your baby and you could do all this stuff. But like there's this idea where everything has to be so separate. Like you want these these kids and these babies to become independent so fast and so fast. And it's like that, that's not supposed to it's not supposed to be like that. Like, can we all just like be raised together and grow together and just all be intertwined as it should be in community? Because that's definitely what community looks like. Yeah, it's like it compounds, like everything makes another thing, makes another thing, makes another thing. And in America, I think hyper individualism has been the root of like the American illusion, which is like you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you get a lot of money, you do this, you do that, and everything is on the you. And so, like, how will an attitude like this affect parenthood? How will an attitude like this affect? how you treat, you know, service workers, I don't know, a million things. Mm -hmm. And you see how it is 
in this context. And it's like, of course, this is how society looks now. Yeah. Like when you're talking about Italy, even when you talk about Mexico City, when you come see that, it's very much so like that. All of these societies, for the most part, are so very communal and very familial. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, when you go to the restaurant, it, everybody's okay with it because, like, that's normal. And thinking otherwise would be rude and it would be mean, actually. And I just hate that it's normalized in the States. Like, not, you know, what's mean in, in the context of the States is that you bring your kid and they're crying somewhere where somebody's like, why did you bother doing that? Like you're interrupting my meal. That's the freaking energy. And that is horrible. Yeah. I mean, did you see that clip of the guy on the airplane, like cr- yes. losing it? Yes. It's fucking crazy, dude. And I even remember reading a comment, like the baby was crying for an hour and a half before this happened. And like, no one tried to help the parent. Mm-hmm. Like no one, you know, I've seen videos of like people most, most of the time, it's usually um, women who are either teachers or nurses or grandmas, but they'll see a baby crying and they just pass the baby over to me. Mm-hmm. That is like, what? What? Like, how could like somebody just be angry and not be like, damn, like, let me ask them if they need help mm-hmm. with something. Yeah. So, but it just, I felt like when I saw that video, I was like, yeah, this is kind of America. I swear. <laughs> how do you feel in that context? Because you guys do travel a lot. Zaya has been traveling since like early. And so now that she's getting older and she's becoming more curious, how do you feel when you are out in society? Um, I actually like I love it. This is in a way a dream come true. Like this aspect of it. I'm like, wow, we're fucking killing it. Zaya has been on like, I don't know, I got to say close to 40 flights at this point, which is insane because she's only a year and a half like that's a lot. And I just love that we've been able to pick up and go and take her here. And, And it's almost like to see every stage too because you know when she was two or three months old looking out the window was not a big deal to her at all like she was like she's a freaking infant she didn't understand anything and now like she looks and she gets excited and it's like a whole other um I don't know it's just like beautiful to see even the milestones on the plane itself you know like we went from when she could barely eat and it was like a mess and and being scared that she was going to choke because we were literally doing like baby led weaning and like figuring out what she can eat and now she just like gobbles shit down on the plane like she's got her snacks she's set honestly for me I think if somebody ever did something like that like y'all would have to hold me the fuck back I I don't know I don't know what I would do but luckily I've never been in that situation. And I don't know if it's because we started traveling with Zaya so young that she's a dad. And I don't want to jinx myself because I swear you say some shit and you jinx yourself. This flight on Saturdays is going to be the one that she loses her mind. No, 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 no. She's going to do great. But um, I think, I think a big part of everything, and this is easier said than done, but I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned through parenthood is regulating myself. So their babies are co-regulators. They regulate based on your regulation. So, it, and it's crazy because it's very subtle. So you might feel like on the outside, you're fine. You're not crying. You're not like hyperventilating or not. But if like your heart rate is still going fast and you still are, you still carry that nervous energy because your baby is crying or something's going on they feed off of that and they feel that. 
So having to constantly, when she's turning up for X, Y, Z reason, whether it's that we're traveling or leaving the park or whatever it is, just having to constantly check myself before I could even like check her. I'm like, all right, let me take a breath. Let me make sure I'm calm. I'm in charge here, you know? And I think that that practice has really, really, really helped in any tense situation. And it's hard. That shit is hard, bro. Because, like, there's something about a baby's crying that just alters your, like, it does something to your brain. And as a woman, as a lactating woman, you start leaking. Like, it, it's not cute. It's not cute. Like, their crying sounds like, ah! Like, it's just not, it's not. So you really have to do, you have to put in a lot of work to keep chill, to, like, stay grounded because you know that by you being grounded is how eventually they're going to be grounded too. And in every situation that we've been on that gets um, a little bit chaotic, we just try to be mindful of that. And there are going to be moments where even if you are as calm as you can be, she's still going to cry or she's still going to have her feelings. And that's okay. You know, like not trying to necessarily repress those feelings for her because this is a stupid example, but like leaving the park sometimes could be hard for them. And it's like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. No, no, no. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm going to say, yeah, it sucks. You really love being here at the park. I get it. But we have to leave. We got to go see Dada now. <laughs> yep, exactly. And that, I'm sure, looks very different than what you used to do to regulate yourself before you became a mom, right? Like, in the context of what you do now, is it like a ritual that you have when she's having a tantrum? Yeah. So it's almost like I think before, I don't even know if I would have checked my energy like that. You know, I think I would have just like ignored it until it just went away on its own. Whereas now I'm hyper vigilant with my energy. And I if I feel myself like getting worked up, first thing, my breath. I always go to my breath and then kind of just like ground myself like, okay, what's around me? Like sensations, you know, like what do I feel right now? And then just, yeah, bringing that into her. And I feel like that is easier in certain moments than it is in other moments. Always in public, it's going to be a lot harder. But yeah, that for me, it's always just that like, and I love that motherhood has brought me closer to that. I have become more aware of my feelings inside and like what I'm actually going through in the moment. Do I feel anxious? Do I feel, is my heart rate elevating a little bit? Am I feeling warm? Am I feeling hot? Am I getting sweaty? Am I getting, you know what I mean? All those things that before I would have just bypassed, I wouldn't have even thought about that. There's so many ways that you grow as a mom and it's insane. But I think the reparenting is like the big one the big one because I think also what gives me a little bit more like it makes me laugh a little because we're in this era of um there's so many resources it almost feels like there's too many resources like you're constantly like my whole timeline is parents shit like it is crazy and as soon as I got pregnant that timeline my algorithm just went whoop, Completely pregnant changed, woman right yeah. here she's about to be a mom and I was like wait a second I don't like this <laughs> and so many differing opinions like oh no you shouldn't do that oh yeah and that's also another thing too in the context of reparenting is learning how to be confident in your choices oh which yeah are a lot of times and we've talked about this so many times like especially as women we're almost like supposed to be insecure yeah we grow up with so much shit and then in this case, not only are you a mom, but you are a mother to somebody who's going to become a woman one day oh, yeah. if you know she chooses to be a woman. But like, how do you encapsulate this journey of motherhood and how Zaya has 
allowed you to repair it yourself? Like, what are some of the the key things that stand out to you that are like, this is something that I was doing differently? Yeah, I think just in general, not wanting to take a violent approach in any way, shape or form. You know, I don't want to be the parent that yells. And I'm sure I will be at one point, I'm sure, because no one's perfect. We're not meant to be perfect. So maybe one day I will lose it. But I don't want to be the parent that yells. I don't want to be the parent that hits I don't want to be the parent that forces her to do things that there's going to be certain things I have to force her into. Like you have to hold my hand if we're going to cross the street, your safety and your life depends on it, whether you like it or not. Sorry, but there's going to be other things that I don't necessarily want to force her into that I was forced into as a child. And it's simple things, you know, um, simple things that can become bigger things in, in later on in life. As we know, like these child years are the most important. This is what forms you as an individual and as an adult, as a confident adult, as a healthy adult. So it's a lot of pressure, <laughs> like a lot of pressure. But even in the simple things, like when we feed her, we try for Zaya to kind of like feed herself. We do a lot of like self-feeding. We did the BLW, which is basically like baby led weaning, where she's the one that is teaching herself how to do these things. Like she's exploring all these different foods. And there's never a point where I'm sitting at the table with her stuffing her face. Eat more, eat more, eat more. You have to, you have to, you have to. And culturally, I know that that's what happened to us. And again, like maybe before parenthood, I would have been like, oh, our parents like that's so that. But now as a mom, I have way more compassion and way more grace. I give them way more grace because they did the best that they could. Like they did the best that they could, just like we're doing the best that we can. And we will probably mess our kids up one way or another, you know, but we're still doing the best that we can. But, you know, even in those things, like if she's done eating, she's done eating. I'm not going to force her to eat. I'm not going to reprimand her for for doing like childlike things. You know, I think that that's been one of the biggest things, too. If this is developmentally appropriate, I'm not going to reprimand my daughter or or punish her for for things that are developmentally appropriate. Are we going to try to work together? Of course. Are we going to have boundaries? Of course. I think what else would it would I oh my god body image stuff oh man that that one is like something I really 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 I'm trying to be just super mindful of I never want her to hear me speak about my body in a negative way because I know that kids do what they see not necessarily what you tell them to do You know, you can have the best words like you can have the best books that talk about X, Y and Z. But if I look in the mirror every single day and I say, oh, I'm so oh, why am I why is my this like this? And why is my that like this? And I hate this. I hate how this stress makes my this look. And oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to eat this because I can't get fatter or I can't get this or no, 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 no. No, we're not fucking doing that here, bro. We're not doing that here. And I know that it's going to be really, really, really hard to even like not necessarily compliment her body because I really don't want to do that either. I I really want her to know that nothing from the outside can determine her fucking value. And that is the opposite of what we as women have learned in the society. It is like so ingrained, not just by our parents and when our parents would say, Oh, you look so pretty. Like you you have these assets or you're so beautiful or, oh, no, don't do that because that makes you look ugly. Or like, let's straighten your hair because 
that that's prettier for you. All these different things. It's not just what our parents or family members did or say, but it's also just everything else. It's the billboards that we see. It's the media that we see. Even like watching freaking Disney movies, I, I like pick up on all these things. And I'm like, why are their their bodies like that? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's so crazy. The kids grow up watching. We all grow up watching this. It is still an image that is being permeated. A princess looks like this. A princess is beautiful. And if you are beautiful, you have to like just, you know, shit that like you're saying, you don't have to tell them they see it and they start making assumptions and coming to conclusions on their own. And also what you were saying about even complimenting her body and stuff. It's like the the goal is the ideal here is that they get to come to terms with who they are on their own without being told that this is what makes them look good or bad it's like what if this child just grows up to be exactly who they want to be and you don't get in the way of that because you just created a neutral loving space for them to oh explore you know do my hair like this oh I like it I want to keep doing it like that oh tried it don't exactly like what if we could really be the people we are meant to be and like a lot of times we we can, but it's going to take work because we have to relearn a lot of shit first and then start over. And that's the reparenting. Like, that's like literally you are creating a, a reality for your child that was not there for you. And in doing that, you're chipping away and you're rewiring little things while you teach them the correct way the first time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately, what you want to do is just create that safety and that security where like no matter what they know that they're accepted and they're loved that right there is unconditional love and whether you give me good grades whether you were the best in the sport like all those things are great blah 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 but like you are loved and respected regardless of any of those things and that's like again that's it's easier said than done because I think parents always want like the best for their kids and like to be hard on them on this, this and that and that. So I know that that's going to be challenging in many ways. Like, how do you find that balance of you're secure, you're safe, you're I love you no matter what. But then also, like, I really want you to work your ass off and like sh- because that's what re- what this world requires. You have to put in work and you have to, you know, so it's like navigating that I know is going to be crazy, but. I think the biggest thing also, one of the things that I didn't mention before was like just honoring that trust. I want her to have, I want her to trust herself. And I think that that starts very, very, very young. Like having that, well, what do you think? I'm not, I don't want to give you the answer. What do you think? I trust you. And even in like the way that I move with her since, since little, since we were going to the park and she couldn't even walk yet. You know, like, what would she want to climb? What would she not want to do? And even now, there's certain things that she loves to explore and she's going to jump on this and she's going to do this. But when she says no, I honor that no. And she knows. It's crazy. She knows what her body can and can't do. You know, and she's like, we'll look down. No. It's like, okay, cool. So every single action, I'm like, Let's honor that trust, baby. Like, yes, another time. Yes. Instead of being like, oh, don't be a chicken. Do it. Right. You know? Exactly. And then they're terrified. And, the, you know, it's like this whole thing. And the other thing that came to mind, too, is like, I know that sometimes parents 
do things because they don't want their children to be judged by the world. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to spare them from judgment and pain, encouraging not to do something. They, in their minds, protect them from that experience. And I think it's more important or more powerful to know that that's a possibility and encourage them to still follow themselves, experience that thing in the outside world because there's nothing you could do about that. But when they come back to you, they know that they're safe. Yes, exactly. That's the secure attachment. Yep. You're basically raising a person that is going to be able to really be their own person. And I think that that's something that oftentimes I don't even see very clearly in adults now. Um, a lot of people just do what other people do. And a lot of people wear what other people wear just because like that's what people are wearing at that time. And they think the way, you know, it's like it goes across the board and I often yeah. think about like, damn, like what would our society look like if more people were just like who they're meant to be? And that comes with, you know, cool fashion and all that shit, but also just like opinions and processes and like ways of moving in the world. Imagine that where we could then really learn from each other because we're not all doing it the same. Yeah. And we're offering yeah. solutions and like, oh, you know what? I've never really thought about it like that. I'm going to do it this way. But to be that person, you have to trust yourself. You have to be yeah. okay with judgment. You have to be okay with being secure. You have to be able to be okay with saying no. Like all of these things that, as you know very well, start early. Yep. It's the groundwork. This is like, this is, and that, again, this goes back to, damn, it sucks that mothers aren't supported because at the end of the day, yeah, I feel bad for the mom, but I feel worse for the babies that didn't get the love and support that they need, you know? It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot. And it's a, it's one, not even a full-time job. It's more than a full-time job. It's a 24-7 job. And it sucks that, you know, you have to split yourself in all these different parts to be able to do that. Like, it shouldn't be that way. It's different for everybody, of course, but... I just like, I don't even know how I, I think maybe if I had more like of that village and support, I think I would have been able to go back to work full time, maybe. But I don't know. I just feel like this. There's so much to this that I, I just want to like give it my all. I really, really, really do. You want to do it right. You want to do it right. And and you're doing great as somebody who gets to witness this up close. You have been such an inspiration and you have given me a lot of hope for the future of society. I feel like Zaya is going to grow up to be a really cool person. She already is a cool person, but she's a little person. You know, she's still, <laughs> her brain is still really growing. But once her brain is like evolved and she's her own person and just out there, like that's going to be a sight to see because of the world that you are creating for her now. So on behalf of society, on behalf of everyone, thank you for what you're doing for us and for her and for, for yourself too. Thank you, Kat. I love you so much. Love you too. Okay, so I want to ask you one last question. And it is, if you could give a piece of advice to mothers who are struggling to find their footing in this really complicated world, what would that be? I would say hone into that mother instinct, that gut feeling that we get as mothers. I have so much faith in that. Like I know that I know that that voice is is it will guide you in the right direction. I have no doubt. I think a big part of it is like society trying to make you doubt that voice. So quiet that noise and just like really 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 hone into what is right for you and your family because when you lean into that that is where the magic is. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you, Nat. I love you. 
I love you more. Bro, I swear, I feel like we could do this all day long. We'll, all we'll day. Have to with the animated yeah. do ours. <laughs> and also, is there anything that you want to share? Anything you got coming up that you are working on? Or are you going to keep it a secret? Uh, let's keep it a secret for now. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll just have to just stay tuned. Yeah, let's just keep it. So next time it comes, you'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love you, girl. I love you. We'll talk soon, Kat. Wasn't that amazing? Oh my gosh, I love Natalie so much. Thanks for joining me, girl. I hope that this was to your liking. Thanks for coming on to the show and allowing me to extend my platform so you can tell your story. It is so special and so full of love. If you would like to keep up with Nat on the internet, head to the show notes to follow her on Instagram and Twitter because she also has something really cool in the works and you will want to know when that is dropping. If you feel called to write a review and to rate the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It'll help me attract new listeners and it'll also make me and my guests feel like we are actually making an impact in the world, okay? I'm wishing you an amazing week, month, year, all the things. Thanks for being here. Drink your water and remember that summer's right on the corner. We're almost there, okay? Fun times are ahead. (laughs) Take care, y'all.